Welcome to the Chronological Bible Study with Send the Church podcast. We will be touching on the Tower of Babel today. In the previous episode, we touched on Noah and his life of faith, and that story leads up to the Tower of Babel. So we will read from Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a place in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Now we even have language learning apps based off of this story today, but the truth of the matter is that there was again as we have gone over in previous Bible studies, a repeated pattern of humanity to reject the ways of God. After Noah's story, we see that mankind had been given an opportunity to enter into covenant with God. And the world was repopulated by way of Noah's family. And yet, just a few generations down the line, we see that humanity has some record and memory of the judgment that God had enacted upon the earth. And man decides to form a city and a tower that would go up unto heaven so that man can make a name for themselves. They said this, that we may not be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. This is a direct disobedience and attack against the commandment of God to populate the whole earth and to go about the whole earth. Man decides to do the exact opposite. Because we had read from the days of Seth that men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So we're seeing here layer upon layer humanity disobeying and contradicting the word of God. 
And the significance of the city and tower is that in the days of this passage that we're reading in Genesis 11 and really much throughout the Old Testament, cities represented the socioeconomic fortitude of a civilization. And towers represented the military and religious system of a nation or civilization. So for man to say, let us build us a city and a tower, man was not wanting to rely on the socioeconomic and the military religious system instituted by God. Man wanted to create a society, an economy, a military, and a religious system for itself, for himself. This is man, humanity. All of mankind joined together to do this. Now, this is quite sad because God had dealt with humanity several times already, significantly through the days of Noah, to try to form covenant with man. The prophecy and promise of Genesis chapter 3 was still standing, and that was that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. And God was preserving humanity to keep this promise to crush the adversary that had caused destruction for humanity. And so God did have to enact judgment upon humanity several times in order to preserve the promise of destroying Satan ultimately. And so God sent the flood. But here we see that in the story of the Tower of Babel, God causes for there to be confusion upon all of humanity that had joined together to form a name for themselves and reject God, his ways, and his holiness. Now God makes a statement that is quite important to emphasize. And that is in verse 6 of Genesis 11. The Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. God recognizes the importance of unity. In fact, Jesus reiterates this principle, him being God manifested in the flesh, when he says that a house divided itself cannot stand. The Lord acknowledges the power of unity, and when there is unity, nothing is impossible. Now, the first unity that we have to establish in life is unity with God. Us individually having unity with God. His ways, His purpose, His plan, His will, His word, His nature, His ministry. We need unity with God. But alongside unity with God, we need unity with one another. 
not based on personal preferences, but based on biblical convictions. Persuasions of the word of God, not the persuasions of men and human tradition and institutions. The word of God is the basis of our unity. Because that ensures that we have unity with God. And the Bible says very plainly that if one is by himself, he cannot be warm by himself. But two walking together are necessitate agreement for them to walk together. And I'm paraphrasing here. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. And if there's to be unity in the body of Christ, we must have the threefold cord of the Lord and his word being the uniting factor amongst his people. And humanity in Genesis 11 had determined to have unity against the ways of God. And the statements are so important. Because it says in verse 4, they said, Let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name. This language is so important because we will see it repeated throughout the scripture. And the Lord stops all of this because the Lord is bound to his word to fulfill the prophecy and promise of Genesis 3 that a seed would come forth from Eve that would bruise the head of the serpent. So the Lord has to intervene with the affairs of humanity so that ultimately humanity would not set themselves up for ultimate destruction. If God was to allow humanity to have its way, there would be no salvation that would come down the road. Similar circumstance that we see that God had to kick out Adam and Eve from the garden in order to preserve salvation for humanity. Same circumstance we see with Noah. God had to send a flood in order to preserve salvation for humanity. And in each pattern, each instance, there is a way in which God does these things in order to still provide mercy in time of judgment. And so the Lord, this time, sends confusion. And what that confusion was is that the Lord had them confuse their language, that they would not understand one another's speech. Now, some have speculated what this Tower of Babel was like or where it was and what it looked like. But regardless, the Lord again is enacting judgment, but still displaying mercy in keeping humanity from destroying itself. And that place was called Babel because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. Now, I want to take a quick moment to touch on the fact that in the Tower of Babel, the Lord uses the instrument of the tongue to enact judgment. 
and he signifies his judgment by causing confusion in their speech. This is pretty awesome because we see the Lord use the same instrument of speech to signify redemption and the infilling of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. When you align Genesis 11 with Acts chapter 2, the Lord uses the same instrument of the tongue or speech and language to signify judgment in Genesis 11, but to signify the infilling of his Holy Spirit in Acts 2. A beautiful illustration of the fact that God can use the same instrument for both judgment and redemption. We saw this with the flood. God uses water to signify judgment upon the world, but God uses water in baptism to signify redemption as well. And again, we see with the Garden of Eden, God separates humanity in order to signify judgment. But God also uses that separation to signify his people being holy unto him. And we see that principle in the New Testament that, the God, that God calls his people a holy nation, which means separated people. So this is really cool because God will use one instrument at one point to do judgment and can use that same instrument to signify redemption in another circumstance. Here we see the Lord in his mighty wisdom being able to use something in so many different ways and show how great he is and how he could use even circumstances that cause destruction in our lives. He could use those same circumstances to demonstrate his saving power in our lives. No matter what you might be going through, no matter what I might go through, or anyone, God can use what causes destruction and what causes chaos. He can turn that around and demonstrate his redeeming power, his saving power, and his power to bring things together when the adversary may have caused division. Now, let us take into consideration some preceding verses and some following verses. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 10, verse 25, And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan begat Almodad, and Shalef, and Hazarmaveth, and Jerah, and Hadoram, and Uzal, and Dikla, and Obal, and Ibamael, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Havilah, and Jobab, and all these were the sons of Joktan. And their dwelling was from Misha, as those goest. As thou goest unto Sephar, a mount of the east. These are the sons of Shem. After their families, after their tongues and their lands, after their nations. 
These are the families of the sons of Noah. After their generations and their nations, and by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. The Lord had set up man to occupy the whole earth. But here we see a specific person, Peleg, in verse 25 of Genesis 10. That in his days the earth was divided. Now this is a reference to Pangea, as many would call it. Where in the beginning the Lord had divided the earth from the waters. We went over that in the first chronological Bible study episode. The Lord had divided the earth from the waters, and there was one large landmass. But in the days of Peleg, the earth was divided itself. And that's why Peleg was named such by his father, Eber. Now, the Bible brings up another person in this lineage in Genesis chapter 11. And we will start reading from verse 16. And Eber lived four and thirty years, and begat Peleg. And Eber lived after he begat Peleg four hundred and thirty years, and begat sons and daughters. And Peleg lived thirty years, and begat Reu. And Peleg lived after he begat Reu two hundred and nine years, and he begat sons and daughters. Now, this is important because there is a principle here that in the days of Peleg, the earth was divided. Yet Peleg bears a child and names him Reu. Now, Peleg means that the earth was divided, but Reu means friend, which demonstrates to us that in the days of Peleg, the earth became fractured, but Peleg found friendship with God. This is important for us that in life there are going to be circumstances that we cannot control that will cause brokenness and fracturing in our lives. But we must learn to capitalize on those times of brokenness and fracturing to find friendship with God. The Lord, despite what man does, will make himself available in times of brokenness so that we can have a friend in him. And in fact, we see this lived out by a man shortly after the days of the Tower of Babel. Yes, Abraham. Now, interestingly enough, we emphasize the language that humanity had used. Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, let us see how God feels about that type of language in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 12. The Bible says, shortly after the end of Genesis 11, where it says that Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. 
and the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Genesis 12 begins with saying, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The Lord uses the similar language that humanity had used just one chapter before. Those at the Tower of Babel said, let us make us a name. And the Lord says to Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. This is the thing. God doesn't have a problem with man having great influence. God has a problem with how man develops that influence. God was not for humanity making a name for itself. Without his intervention. But God speaks to Abram saying, I'm going to make your name great. Because there was something in Abram that was willing to make covenant with God. And do the process of making his name great. According to the ways of God and not the ways of the flesh. And so the Lord doesn't just stop with saying that he's going to make Abram's name great. But he says, you're going to be a blessing. And all those that bless you will be blessed. And all those that curse you will be cursed. And all families of the earth through you will be blessed. This is amazing because we see this same principle even in the disciples of Jesus. The Lord himself, of course, now walking in the earth in Jesus Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth. He tells his disciples many times that they needed to, in a sense, redirect their ambition for heavenly things, not earthly things. We find the disciples having arguments and discussion as to who was the greatest amongst them. And Jesus, he reproves and even rebukes them, not for having ambition, but for putting it in the wrong place. The Lord had chosen these disciples because he knew that they were willing to go for more. They were willing to sacrifice more than those around them. They were willing to live a life committed. But the Lord was pruning out of them and removing from their flesh the ambition for personal gain. He was challenging their mindset that he didn't come for Israel to overthrow Roman Empire, but for God to establish his spiritual kingdom in the earth first. The Lord chose men and women that were willing to evangelize entire cities and regions and eventually the world. 
The Lord wasn't wanting them to not be ambitious. The Lord was wanting them to be determined for the right things. The Lord wanted them to be hungry for the advancement of God's kingdom, not man's kingdom. So we see that in the Tower of Babel, the Lord makes it clear that he is not for, he is against the advancement of man's kingdom for personal glorification of flesh. But the Lord is for the advancement of his kingdom, partnering together with the will of man being given over to the will of God and the ambitions of man and the strength of man and the commitment of humanity partnering with the will of God to see the kingdom of God advanced in the earth. And so the Lord chooses Abram, calls him out of his father's house, of his nation, of his kindred. This was a call to covenant that we see later on established between the Lord and Abram. The Lord calls Abram to get out of his environment of false religion, false thinking, false worship, and invites him into the ways of God. It's beautiful because the Lord uses the same language that he knows Abraham through history would be acquainted with. Abram would know the story of what happened at the Tower of Babel. And so for the Lord to call out Abram and then tell Abram that the Lord was going to do this to him, make his name great and make him a blessing and protect him and make and whoever would bless him would be blessed. Whoever would curse him would be cursed. That was something that Abram knew could be possible because he could have known the story of how humanity was advancing so quickly to make themselves a city and a tower. But there was this God that Abram would discover about more and more and more throughout his life that would distinguish himself from the false gods of the Chaldean region that Abram was associated with previously. Here we're seeing the first interaction recorded in the Bible between the Lord and Abram. Abram, certainly we could assume that in his humanity, he saw this invitation from God as something supernatural and as something that was appealing. And so Abram leaves his land, leaves his father's house, leaves his religion to follow this voice that speaks to him. And we will see that throughout the life of Abram, who later becomes Abraham, Abram sees that the Lord is not like the gods, false gods, of his background and of his family. He will discover more and more that this Lord that speaks to him time and time again is unlike anyone else. 
So, what God will do in partnership with man or a woman will far supersede what man would try to do by himself. In Genesis 11, man tried to do something with man. And God said that nothing will be withheld from those that are in unity. But to preserve his promise, the Lord intervenes so that humanity can be saved. But the Lord grants an opportunity for partnership with Abram so that the mission of God's city and God's tower would be established amongst humanity. And so Abram ends up living his life seeking for a city, the book of Hebrews says, that cannot be made with the hands of men. And we see that the strong tower of the Lord is going to be revealed hereafter. And ultimately, you and I know that strong tower is Jesus Christ. So, I encourage you to read the story of Genesis chapter 11 and 12 and see these details for yourself. In the next episode, we will touch on Abram's life and his first encounters with God and some of the experiences that he faces along the way. Thank you for joining this episode with Ascend the Church Podcast, Chronological Bible Study number five. Be blessed in Jesus' name.